Hey, and welcome back to Cool Things with me, Hollywood Hank. That's right. Um, we're going to talk about Avengers Endgame. So, before we go any further, I may be spoiling parts or all of the movie. If you haven't seen the movie, then you need to definitely not listen to the rest of this first part of the podcast. It's going to have different things talked about that is most likely going to spoil some or all of the movie. So, you've been forewarned. So, if you're still here, enjoy. Yeah, if you can. <laughs> the Avengers Endgame was a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. Uh, had a lot of different things going on in it. Uh, I, I did feel it was a bit too long. Um, three hours is a pretty long time to sit there. Um, there were things they could have done differently, like taken taken out or done at a different time. Um, the very opening scene with Hawkeye, I know, was essential, you know, to the to what was going on with him in the movie. Uh, but it could have been a uh, one of those after Marvel movie scenes. They could have. Uh, I didn't see Captain Marvel, so. Uh, the scene at the end of Captain Marvel could have been leading into Endgame. It could have been that very first movie scene uh, with um, Hawkeye and his family. Could have been that. That would have been a good uh, lead-in to Endgame. Or a good beginning, because it was, you know, the beginning of Endgame. So, uh, you know, that's just uh, one little way they could have, you know, taken some time out of Endgame. It's, uh, you know, and... Uh, a lot of it was built to to basically make you reminisce about some of the older movies and uh overall it was a really good game game <laughs> no really good movie um the movie itself uh you know to me it's it wasn't bad but i just felt it moved a little slowly at first in the beginning and it was um I don't know, it just felt like it moved slowly. It was good, but the, I liked, I did not like the Smart Hulk at all, really. I mean, uh, I understand, uh, you know, from my, what I thought they would do was in the Infinity War, Hulk was basically, you know, got beat up by Thanos and was afraid to come out to face Thanos. So, um, my working theory in my head was like, okay, in Endgame, you know, the Hulk's going to overcome his fear of Thanos and come out, uh, basically the Thor from Thor, not the Thor, the Hulk from Thor Ragnarok was going to come out, you know, that guy was going to be in Endgame, but, uh, no, it wasn't, uh, it was, uh, Bruce Banner merged with the Hulk, smart Hulk, basically, um, I didn't really care for it. Uh, I thought they should have left the Hulk a Savage Hulk. Um, I, I understand storyline-wise, you know, they might have needed him to be Smart Hulk instead. Uh, or maybe they were trying to do, like, the original, you know, Infinity Gauntlet storyline. Uh, at that time, it wasn't Savage or Angry Hulk. It was the Smart Hulk. So, you know, if they were trying to mirror the original comic book thing, then that's fine. But I didn't really care for it. I didn't like Smart Hulk at all. I wanted, uh, you know, the Hulk we had from the Avengers and Thor Ragnarok and such. You know, the Hulk. You know, that Hulk. The Smart Hulk, okay, not a fan of it.
Um, see, what else was I not or a fan of? The movie itself, like I said, ran pretty long. I didn't notice. It was good enough to where it wasn't long as far as you're looking at your watch, but after you left, you're kind of like, wow, this is a long movie. Um, it was good enough, to, at least, so I wasn't like looking down and saying, man, I wish this was over. Um, you had, uh, I like what I did with Thor. It was funny. And, uh, you know, the out of shape Thor was really entertaining at times and some of the darker moments. Uh, um, it was interesting to see the journey that Thor actually went on and, you know, how he was depressed and then by the end he's ready to live his life again. So, um, that was very, very interesting to watch. A lot of, um, different moments as they're going through time um to get the stones one moment is with captain america in an elevator with the hydra agents that are the shield agents that are secretly hydra agents and he wants that staff so he leans over loki's major staff that they're taking somewhere so he leans over to the leader of the group in the elevator and he goes hail hydra and that's a callback to uh, a comic book moment that happened not too long ago in the comics where somebody had rewritten reality and uh, uh captain america was a hydra agent which people really freaked out about they they sent death threats to the guy who wrote that story and uh, which is understandable because well not understandable but uh, uh, you could understand why they were upset because this is Captain America and then you basically um, have him as a Nazi sleeper agent. A lot of people were not happy with that, especially long-term Captain America fans. I, I honestly don't know if the story that they did that in the comics was rewritten to have the real Cap come back and fight the Nazi Cap because of the backlash or if it was planned differently and they just changed it to that. Uh, I think it, it was going to be originally in that comic book that you know, the reality was rewritten, Captain America did some bad things, they fixed it, and then there's Captain America, you know, not feeling good about what he had done. But they decided, because of the backlash, I I think, I don't know, but uh, they decided, hey, we'll just have good old Captain America fight the bad guy Captain America. And it just seemed kind of cheesy, so I figured it was something they did to fix the backlash for having Captain America be a secret Hydra agent. Um, that was a nice little tidbit in the movie. Um, you had, uh, you know, one of the first, uh, one, a major death, of course, being Black Widow, sacrificing herself so they can get that soul stone. You know, that was pretty surprising. Um, luckily, I, I had several days that passed by and no one had spoiled it. So I don't know how I dodged that, you know. Um, you even have um, the battles at the end with Thanos was really good and really well done. Um, the at one point, you know, all the women attack Thanos, which is a cool moment, but it it bothered me just a little bit, you know, because I was like, well, what what are all the guys doing? You know, shouldn't they all be fighting together? Maybe they were knocked out. Um, um, I felt that moment should have been more like if the guys were elsewhere or. 
if only the ladies were there and they were making a stand against him. But to me, at that point in the battle, it just seemed a little weird because so all the guys are just going to watch as the ladies attack. Um, it was it was an epic moment, but it was just kind of strange. I asked my wife if she felt the same, and she agreed. It was just kind of a weird little thing. But, you know, some minor little nitpick. Um, you had uh, the surprise of Captain America picking up, you know, Thor's hammer. Um, comic book people could have called that. You know, people are waiting to see if that happened. I mean, there was two hammers. Uh but uh, that was that elicited like a, a roar and a cheer from the people at the theater that I was in, and uh, I wasn't there opening night, so this was just like people's reaction, excited to see, you know, Captain America pick up Thor's hammer and wield it, and even wield lightning. I, I don't know if the hammer let him just use lightning, or if he was able to use the power of lightning, which didn't make sense to me. Wielding the hammer is one thing, but wielding lightning, I was kind of like, that's kind of weird to me. I mean, it was great seeing it, but I was just kind of like, how's Cap all of a sudden know how to do lightning from Thor's hammer? You know, that I think there'd be a learning curve there. Um, and then, of course, you have uh, the Iron Man asking Strange about the, you know, is this the reality which reality do we win and how do we win and he says hey if i told you it's not going to happen so everything's going south and uh, thanos gets the infinity gauntlet and uh iron man looks over at strange and he holds up that finger like one and uh iron man realizes what he's going to do and so he goes and puts something on the glove and it teleports the gems into i'd say teleports or steals and puts it on iron man and iron man snaps his fingers and boop you know, it pretty much kills all the bad guys. And uh, maybe even Gamora, who knows, because she was brought back from the past just like Thanos was. Um, but basically the whole thing of it, uh, the whole strain of it really injured Iron Man horribly. And uh, you could tell he's probably going to die. And so Spider-Man's the first one over there, and you know, and uh, the Pepper Potts, of course, is like letting Spider-Man talk to him, and I'd have been like kicking Spider-Man out of the way, like, look, that's my my husband, the father of my child, and you're gonna monopolize the time he's left. You know, I'm his wife. I need to see him move out of the way. <laughs> you know him as a friend, but this is my husband. Um, but they did it really well. I mean, you know, she said, you know, you can rest now, and then pretty much he checked out. Um, at the funeral scene, um, there was one lone kid. I couldn't figure out who the heck was, so I had to look it up online. And, you know, they said that uh, that was actually the actor who played the uh, kid in Iron Man 3. And it, that was him all growing up, and he was that was who that teenager was. So if you're wondering who that teenage guy was, that's, that's who it was. Um, and uh, at the very end, you know, Cat returns the stones, but decides not to come back and live out his life. And he's older, and he gives the shield over to his, you know, his the guy, the the Falcon. Uh, that's not what his name is, right? Uh, yeah, I guess it is Falcon. I don't know, but uh, so he's going to be the new Captain America. Uh, you know, a lot of people probably didn't realize, but that's what that meant. But in the comics, you know, that's exactly what happened. Something happened to Captain America, and he was aged to his normal where he should be. And uh, he passed it on to Sam Wilson, you know, 
Falcon, and uh, he became Captain America, the new one, and it was a very good one, so I hope that they don't do that as just like a symbolic gift in the next Captain America movie, it's Sam Wilson, or it's, uh, or the next Avengers, or whatever they do, I hope they continue on with that, because that's, uh, you know, it would be very interesting, and it shows that, you know, it's going to follow the comic books, and it's also, you know, showing that, you know, things can happen and have a lasting impact, like the death of Iron Man, Captain America getting old, Black Widow being gone. Um, those things are going to impact that movie series, where, however it continues in which form or fashion. So um, you, you should see the movie again, or at least buy it on DVD and Blu-ray, like I'm going to do one day when it comes out. Uh, if you think you missed anything, because I'm sure everybody looks for little things they've missed. Um, overall, like I said, it's a great movie. And if you have decided to listen to this podcast and got most of the movie spoiled and haven't seen the movie, uh, what I'm talking about doesn't do the movie kind of justice. It's a really good movie. You should actually still go see it. You may know it's going to happen because you listen to spoilers, but you need to know that... It is a good movie. So now that I'm done talking about Avengers Endgame, I'm going to end this first part of the podcast, and we'll be back in just a minute. Hey, and welcome back to the podcast. Well, that was the old name. Welcome back to Cool Things with Hollywood Hank. And basically, you know... The second half here, I'm just going to talk about some things that are general interests, some things that I found uh, of mine. Uh, here lately, I've been battling, uh, you know, a relative of mine, I'll call him Crimson Star, real name Adam, of course, and uh, in Yu-Gi-Oh! I've been battling him in Yu-Gi-Oh! And uh, he keeps getting better and better, and uh, so I'm constantly forced to look at the decks that I run, um, I'm running uh, several different ones. I made several different decks. So right now, my favorite is the Dark Magician deck. So I have it designed to get Dark Magician to the field as quick as possible uh, and support cards for him. However, his cards are, you know, they're moving faster than mine. Uh, that's just a brief synopsis of it, uh, what I'm going through. But the I have like these hundreds and thousands of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, it could be thousands, I don't know, I hadn't counted them actually, I just know there's a ton, so going through my cards to try to find better cards, or cards I've overlooked when tinkering with new decks I build, or uh, older decks that I have, or even the Dark Magician deck, sometimes you're like, okay, I'm losing a lot, I need to find maybe some different cards that will help me, or help combat some of the strategies that he's throwing against me with... Um, he's got dinosaur decks, he's got light sworn, he's got all kinds of stuff flying at me. So it's sometimes you have to look and find certain cards to stop his uh, decks from really, you know, hurting me. So I found myself, uh, one of my days off, I literally started, I think, at 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning. I just pulled out every card I had, the spares. And I started going through every card. And so I put in the backdrop, I just said, you know what? I wanted to watch Game of Thrones over again. So I put in season one, Game of Thrones. So the backdrop of while I'm trying to read all these cards and go all through the cards is 
uh, Game of Thrones Season 1. Now, I don't want you to think that I'm constantly just stopping what I'm doing to look at Game of Thrones. I'm literally coming through uh, lots of cards, and then I came up with a brilliant idea. I'm going to organize them between every, you know, thing they are, like warriors, traps, bells, spellcaster, dragons. So I'll start putting them in different piles. And so instead of having a bunch of mixed up tins, I'll have a tin with spellcasters or trap cards or spell cards. Um, so I literally spent hours. I mean, I, I lost track of time. I mean, uh, before I knew it, it was like in the afternoon at three or four o'clock and I'm like, and I'm not even done. And I'm like, how many cards do I have? And uh, even though I felt this was uh, a necessary thing to organize my cards, it was like, what did I really get out of this? I mean, I found one card. <laughs> and so it ponders, do you need to keep a ton of cards? And then I find myself asking myself, do I need to toss some of these cards away? The trick is, is that sometimes if you reinvent your strategy or utilize cards in a different way, that, then you can... Cards that may seem not useful may actually be very useful. So if I was to just throw them all away or sell them, then uh, I would literally be having to buy back singles if I needed one of the ones I already had. I've already ran into that once with uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon when I kind of cleared out my cards a while back. Um, it was just funny that I spent the whole day pretty much just doing Yu-Gi-Oh! organization. And I, I, I said, I've got to do something better with my time than sit here with all these cards or find a faster way to organize things. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! is a fun game where you have monsters and spells and traps. And uh, I won't go into the every detail on how to play, but the basic premise is you have monsters, you summon to the field, uh, you can activate trap cards in response to attacks or summonings and spell cards and vice versa and it's sort of like a game of chess you can play your cards if you play your cards at the wrong time then of course you're going to die uh even if you play them at the right time you could basically die you have eight thousand life points and basically as you battle uh you lose life points and Using spell and trap cards can save you, and using monster abilities and effects. Uh, a lot of things work together, especially if you design your deck good enough. Uh, you'll move faster. I used to, my first experience was I, I wanted every card I could get in a deck, and I had like a, I counted them uh, long ago before I knew how to properly play. I had like a 60 or 70 card deck, and that was just too large. The, you minimum you can carry is 40 and you want to design your deck not necessarily at 40 but the closer you can get it to 40 the faster you're going to get the cards you need if i am playing with you with a 60 card deck and you have a 40 card deck you're most likely going to have better draws than me because your your deck has less cards to go through mine i might get all the crappy cards first and i might not be able to get a good draw so in any card game you play whether it be pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, or any strategy game with cards where you have to choose and make your own deck. could be even Dragon Ball Z. You need to make sure that you look at what... You may like the art on the card. You may like what the card says it does. I have a card I like specifically that's sort of... It's hard to pull off, so it's not necessarily going to be a game winner. Um, 
so you have to kind of try to weed through uh, oh, I like the art on this card, or I like the ability, and I just want to make this work. You have to kind of look at it and say, okay, unless I have a way, surefire way to make this work, I need to pull this out. It doesn't look. What does it do with the rest of the deck? If it does nothing, it's just in here, and I like it because of the art or the ability. I need to pull it out unless it's going to help the deck move forward. Um, I have uh, a card called Inferno Tempest. I have to take three thousand, uh, three thousand hit and life points from an attack. And then I can remove all the cards in our decks and graveyards from the game because I took that hit. So, but to take a hit like that, particularly if they know you're doing it, uh, is very difficult. So, and usually, unless you have uh, your plans lined up, you, you will die anyway, even if you do this trick. And so that deck that I still tinker with every now and again, I haven't found the right combination because it'll always I always wind up dying or I'm too dead to actually spare three thousand life points. Um, so it's uh, you have to find a way. If I want to use that, I have to find some way to make it work and have the cards all build towards that one goal. Uh, I think it's sort of hodgepodge together. It works okay. But it's just not going to stand up against a well-built deck. That's why I've kind of sidelined it. Um, the Yu-Gi-Oh, you know, it's a fun game. If you hadn't tried it, you know, give it a shot. It's uh, easy to learn. It's very, it's a, similar to, I think, let's say first there was Pokemon, then there was Yu-Gi-Oh, then there's Magic: The Gathering. Um, only you know magic is different it has elements of pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh in it um Yu-Gi-Oh has elements of pokemon uh you know they're all sort of similar with different abilities and things you can do so if you learn one you don't necessarily learn the others but you learn some of the mechanics that are somewhat in some of the others not exactly um you like when i was learning when i learned to play magic briefly uh, I, I saw things like spell and trap cards that reacted like they did in Yu-Gi-Oh! And then I saw elements of Pokemon in it as well. Like using mana. And in Pokemon, you use energy cards. So um, I haven't bored you to death on that. If you're someone who has no idea what Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon games are, then uh, perhaps you've learned something a little bit or if you're an avid uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon player uh, or any card game player perhaps you could take a look at the decks that you build and and uh, spread them out make sure every card functions together and it's not just uh, a cool art style on the card that you have or a cool ability uh, I like certain cards but if uh, I don't have any way to survive the duel and use those cards they are ultimately not useful and that's the sad thing if you want a card to be used you're most likely going to have to build your whole deck around it uh, you could use it's good to keep it you know every now and again which is sort of contradictory throw in a card that has nothing to do with the deck that might save you so you have to keep that in mind, uh, but that might also kill you if you need that one card and you draw that card that has nothing to do with the theme of your deck, then you could die. I've done that before as well, where I've played and played and played, and then I need that one card that's going to give me everything back, and I, I draw the card, and like I incorporated the god cards 
one of the God cards, I think the Winged Dragon of Ra, into one of my decks one time. And uh, I needed desperately a spell, a trap card, or even a monster card just to protect me from one hit from one monster. I had nothing on the field. So I'm like, okay, I need to draw this card now. And I draw, and it's the Winged Dragon of Ra. Uh, did I say that right? Perhaps. But uh, for people who don't play Yu-Gi-Oh!, I cannot do anything with this card with nothing on the field. I have to have three monsters on the field to tribute to summon this one card. So in that same turn, I drew it, even though it's an awesome-looking card, great ability. Uh, I, I was pretty much dead. I couldn't defend myself. I needed a spell or trap card. So it makes you question, did I really need this card in this deck? Or did I build this around the deck? And I, I didn't. It was a Dark Magician deck, so this card would have been better for a Dark Magician card or... Spell card, trap card, something to get me something I needed to save me. Uh, well, that's pretty much all I'm going to bore you with with a little bit of Yu-Gi-Oh. I just wanted to talk a little bit about Yu-Gi-Oh. I haven't talked about that yet. It's one of those uh, that I do like to play, and uh, me and Adam play at life all the time. And he is much better than me, and I would not be as good as I am now if I hadn't taken the whoopings that he's given me. And I've given him some whoopings, but mostly i'm struggling to keep up with him so he's very good at what he does and uh i'm getting better because of it well this has been cool things with hollywood hank thanks for listening and i'll see you on the next one